Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to We Hold These Truths Speaks Out. We're sorry for some technical difficulties that we said we would be on at seven and we missed it. Tonight's program is entitled Freeing Jesus from Zionism. And joining me to discuss this is Chuck Carlson, founder of We Hold These Truths, and Craig Horton, our California Outreach Director. We would uh, ask you to, for reference, to go to Chuck's article that we'll be discussing tonight. It's entitled, Zionism Promoted Through Bible Studies at a church near you. And you can find a, a link to that story on our website, whtt.org. So I'd like to welcome Craig and, and Chuck to our podcast. Thank you for joining us tonight. And uh, we hope that uh, we can educate people about the situation. We at We Hold These Truths have been working against or trying to educate our fellow Christians about the dangers of Christian Zionism for almost 20 years now. And so, Chuck, why don't you introduce the program uh, to us, if you would, please. Okay, thanks, Tom, and uh, greetings, Craig. We're happy to have you be together with you two guys. And our, our program tonight, we're calling it Freeing Jesus from Zionism. Now, that's kind of a tongue-in-cheek sort of a title because we all know, at least I hope we all know, that Jesus is free. And he's not constrained or bound by anything. And he's not influenced by Zionism. Uh, but uh, there are those that are trying to uh, to uh, smother Jesus in Zionism and are doing it uh, perhaps knowingly or unknowingly because uh, they're being taken in uh, by a notion that is being promoted by uh, countries, nations uh, that have enormous and huge power in the Middle East. And we're talking about the state of Israel. Tonight we will hold these, hold these truths, we'll introduce a new idea whose time has come. It is the exposure of a clever profit-making subversion inside of Christian churches for the benefit of the state of Israel. And it's being done for, for money. Precepts Ministries is active in literally thousands of churches in the U.S. alone and in dozens of other countries around the world and has been doing this for some uh, 30 or 40 years. Uh, controlling churches for the benefit of the state of Israel is big business. What uh, makes Precept Ministries uh, dangerous is that its acts actually are fostering uh, I want to say war, but it's really killing. Uh, and it's killing whether intended to be by precepts or not, whether they really know this is happening or whether they have a way of turning their backs and pretending. We don't judge them. We simply say it's happening. And it's been happening for all of the last, uh, in our knowledge, at least 20 years that uh, since we first saw killing going on in Gaza ourselves. Now, this is not the kind of war we think of with two armed sides battling it out uh, for some issue or for territory or for a cause. No, the kind of war we're talking about is where one side is armed to the teeth with F-35 fighters 
the most modern of aircraft, the most modern of artillery bombs, and the other side has nothing to, to, to fight back with except uh, rocks and slingshots and lighted uh, kites that are turned loose. In other words, absolutely almost nothing. Uh, this is a form of annihilation, and later you'll hear two women talking about during one of these sieges that's going on, where they'll be talking about how peaceful it is in Israel and how safe they are there. And uh, 60 miles away in Gaza, people are dying at the very moment. This is the kind of war that Precepts Ministries is fostering. And uh, we'll be talking about that uh, not very much today, but in future editions, we will be keeping you up to date on what is really happening in Israel in the name of Christians who are uh, funding it and making it possible. Now, exposing the tactics of the two large Bible study teaching organizations, of which Precept Ministries is our subject tonight, this is a logical extension of We Hold These Truths project to expose Christian Zionism all over the world, especially in our own churches here in America. I'm talking about evangelical dispensational churches, as they call themselves, which uh, are uh, is another term that is translated into Christian Zionist. And I'm talking about mainline or old-fashioned traditional churches, such as Lutherans and Presbyterians, who basically don't believe that the state of Israel is the fulfillment of biblical prophecy, and therefore they're not uh, they're not led uh, down the primrose path to believing Israel is perfect. Uh, but th they are being taken in too, and they're being taken in by the same organization that we've talked about and mentioned before, Precept Ministries. Uh, now, to this end, We Hold These Truths has conducted about 150 vigils at prominent Christian Zionist churches. We stood in front and tried to get their attention and explain to them what they're doing and what they're responsible for. We didn't know another way to reach them. And uh, we had very poor success because they are not ready to listen to us. They are ready to turn their back and pretend that they don't know what we're talking about. And maybe they don't, we don't judge each person, but we do know that we know what we're talking about. Uh, we're now determined to expose the actions of Precept Ministries and the other big Bible study teaching organization that you'll hear about in a week or two. In a few minutes, our video engineer, Tom, will share two short clips by the founder and current president of Precept Ministries, uh, Mrs. K. Arthur, whose husband started it uh, with her uh, some uh, 40 years ago. And uh, with them is also Billy Graham's daughter, uh, who is uh, uh, talking to Kay Arthur, uh, they will, in their own words, reveal to you what Precepts Ministries attempts to sell to Americans through their own churches. And I want to tell you that the actions of these groups is very subtle. If it wasn't subtle, they'd be detected at the door of the Lutheran Church, and they wouldn't be invited in to conduct Bible studies inside the church. They wouldn't be given the list of members to solicit to get them to come to uh, members' homes and attend Bible studies in the evening. They wouldn't uh, be learning the, these, uh, this theology of Christian Zionism from Kay Arthur's Precept Ministries if they weren't smart, clever, subtle, 
and extremely careful about what they say and how they say it. Um, so uh, they're talking about a covenant uh, given supposedly to a person named Abraham three or 4,000 years ago. And uh, this was supposedly a promise by Abraham uh, that was unconditional. Of course, uh, that's not what, uh, what uh, as Craig has pointed out, that's not what, or we'll point out, that's not what uh, covenants are all about. Uh, so uh, in, in this belief, uh, uh, there was a piece of land that God supposedly gave to the Israelites of that time, not Israelis, but Israelites. And uh, he, he, uh, he exposed this piece of land to somebody called Noah from the top of a mountain where he waved his arm and said, this is all yours. Uh, and this promise was supposedly made to only one tribe uh, and an ungodly one at that called Israelites. Christians do believe God made a promise to Abraham, but it was had nothing to do with a piece of land. God's promise was repeated over and over again in the New Testament, especially in the book of Galatians, where God promised a spiritual savior from the loins of Abraham, available not only to one tribe, but to the entire world, to all who would believe. This is the only godly covenant traditional Christians have ever believed in until Christian Zionism came along at the turn of the 20th century and began to tell them that there were other promises made by God. So is the state of Israel some kind of a holy place blessed by God for the use of one race, one people only? Of course it's not. Not for Christian Zionists like Kay Arthur. While we haven't seen her bank account, we can guess that she has become very successful selling the idea that the state of Israel is the fulfillment of biblical prophecy and therefore too holy for anyone to touch. This of course makes the butchery of Palestinians legal game. Uh, I can tell you that this writer has seen this brutality in action from rooftops of Gaza in 202, that's 18 years ago. Any of you have heard me say this, and uh, I've said it for some many years, I watched our videos of uh, these brutal attacks going on against the Palestinians. You will find it in our uh, video called Roots of Christian Zionism. It's on our website on YouTube. Uh, in addition to Priesthood Ministries, there's at least one international Bible study group, one other one, operating within American churches. We will be discussing that in future uh, in future uh, programs. And we'll be uh, providing uh, more of this kind of thing. But for now, we'll have Tom Compton come on. And we thank you for your diligent work, Tom, and then covering these two little video clips. Please run them for the benefit of our listeners. And then, of course, Tom, go ahead and introduce our special uh, guest, uh, Craig. All right. Well, thank you so much, Chuck, for that introduction. The, the Precepts Ministry does really operate under the radar at so many churches, and uh, their message is very is very under undertow, if you will. It is a what we would call a Christian Zionist theology, which is a form of dispensationalism, which is a, a new religion. It's less than 200 years. And part of this religion requires a physical Israel and Jerusalem for end times to occur 
so that Jesus can come back. Many Christians don't believe that. And so these two videos really, as Chuck has explained here, really expose the uh, the the bitterness and hatred that these uh, these Christian leaders are exhibiting. This first clip is was uh, taken uh, made at the National Religious Broadcasters Annual Meeting in May of 2011 in Nashville, and it was at the Israel Prayer Breakfast, and this is Kay Arthur speaking. Uh, to someone about that um, very thing. So listen to what she has to say here. There are all sorts of solutions that man is offering to bring peace to the Middle East. One of those solutions is to carve out a Palestinian state out of the land of Israel. One of the things that we need to understand is God never refers in his word to the land of Israel as the land of Palestine. That is the invention of man in order to get man to stop thinking about Israel. The problem to a Palestinian state within that is it goes against the word of God. God tells us in the Torah, in the first five books of the Bible, that this land is his land, and it is not to be given to another. And God has ordained that it belongs to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and his descendants forever and ever and ever. Therefore, any politician, any nation that comes up with this kind of a solution has to know you are going against the word of God you are going against the will of God, and you will not succeed. Okay, wow, that uh, pretty well makes it clear where K. Arthur stands with vis-a-vis -vis the state of Israel. Now, let me play this second clip. As, as Chuck mentioned, this was um, in 2014, while the Israeli Operation Protective Edge was going on. And in that, uh, there were at least 2,000 Palestinian civilians. Well, I'd say 2,000, over 2,000 total killed. And two thirds of those casualties were civilians. And out of those civilians, there was a very large number of children some estimates up to 500 children. And so just listen to this appeal here to uh, not cancel the, your trip. They're obviously appealing to people going on one of Kay Arthur's Holy Land trips. And I've got the wrong cue here. Let me, let me just... Um, Okay. Well, it always, when you do this for the first time, ladies and gentlemen, there always seems to be a little bit of a hiccup in the road here. And uh, let me see which one is. One. 
1935. Okay. I'm Anne Graham Lotz, and I'm standing here with Kay Arthur. We're in Jerusalem, and we just both wanted to say a word to you about our good friend Steve Dick and Inspiration Tours, because we want you to know that uh, we're here at a time of war, and we feel very safe. So, Kay, I don't know if you want to say a word to the people that might be wanting to come on tour with Steve, but... I would love to. I believe that if you will come to Israel, if you will not cancel your tour, first of all, they won't let you come if it's not safe. Don't listen to the news. It's not like you think. I mean, we are perfectly safe here. But the other thing is, when you come, you have a ministry, besides being ministered to by what you're going to learn from Ann or from David and I, yes, and uh, uh, besides that, What's going to happen is their faces are going to light up. They're going to know that you tr truly trust in God. And if you trust in God and you honor them and don't listen to the news about Israel being the enemy, but you come and support them, you will minister. You will have many open doors. Wow. All I can say is what callousness. What about the small community of Christians in Gaza. There's estimates of maybe less than 2,000 people there. So where is the love of Christ? These two women are certainly have forgotten about that. It, it's just uh, unconscionable. Now I'd like to be uh, bring in Craig Hansen, who will be talking about some of these, these uh, undertow type of theology items and uh, one of the sources we're using here is a book by Ann Graham Lotz, Our Covenant God. So, Craig, thank you for your analysis here. Okay. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you, Tom. Um, boy, there were just uh, so many things in what um, Kay Arthur said there at the, at the beginning. Uh, obviously, the, the book entitled... Um, our covenant God. I want to want to talk a little about uh, what a covenant is, what it's not, and what the Bible, how the Bible expresses it. Uh, first of all, uh, simply a covenant is a contract or it's an agreement between two parties. In this case, it was Abram before he was became Abraham and and God. Um, Christian Zionists and in K definitely fits into that group, uh, they like to believe that this is a unilateral uh, contract, a unilateral covenant, that God is the initiator, the, the protector, the whole thing, and there's really uh, no responsibility on the other part. Um, and it's it's obviously that's, that's not true, but that's what they, they like to believe. Uh, and it couldn't be further from the truth. And if you just do a Bible search on the if-then uh, statements concerning covenant keeping, you'll find out that uh, God makes it very clear that th there are conditions to keeping this covenant going. Um, I'd like to just uh, pick out a few of them. Genesis 18, verse 19, uh, for I have chosen him, Abraham, that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what God has promised him. So again, teaching the children so that. 
uh, Exodus 19, verses 5 and 6. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my treasured possession among all the peoples, for all the earth is mine. Doesn't belong to Israel, Israelis or Israelites or whatever you want to call them. The earth is mine, belongs to God. And I think, you know, Kay even said that in, in verse six, continuing, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. Uh, from Leviticus 20, verses 22 and 23, you shall therefore keep all my statutes and all my rules and do them that the land where I am bringing you may not vomit you out. Hmm. God's land, he's going to kick you out if you don't, don't obey him. Verse 23, and you shall not walk in the customs of the nation which I am driving out before you, for they did all these things, and therefore I detested them. Uh, with Tel Aviv as the homosexual capital of, of the world, these so-called, so um, you can see abominations are going on in the land. Uh, according to this verse, God will vomit the, the residents out if they um, rebel against him. So I think you get the idea. This is not a unilateral with no um, co uh, commitments on the other side. Um, the whole purpose of the covenant that God made was for the Israelites to be a light to the nation, to, to um, instruct the, the peoples of the world on what it means to be in a relationship with the God of creation. They were to be that conduit of the of the word of God to to the people, and obviously the the end of the fulfillment of that was when Jesus Christ, God becoming incarnate Himself, and became a light to the world, and the world word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, as in in the, the first chapter of John. So, uh, a verse that the uh, Christian Zionists really like to hang their hat on is Genesis twelve three. I will bless those who bless you, and uh, him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Well, yeah, we, I already said that. The blessing was to be uh, coming through Israel to all, all the nations. But the idea, and this is this is what gets me, you know, Chuck talk, uh, talked about the, the money that comes into these, these churches and so forth. Um, the blessing, I, I, I see so much of this as... Um, if I bless Israel, then I'll get a blessing. Um, am I doing it because I, I want the blessing or am I doing it in obedience to God? You know, I, I can say as a former Christian Zionist, I believed um, that I was doing the right thing because that's what, what I was taught. And that's where as we get into this throughout the weeks, we'll see that this teaching has to come from somewhere. And we've got precepts in other other uh, Christian organizations that teach premillennial dispensationalism and what we call, you know, Christian Zionism. And we're going to see why people believe the things they do. And uh, most of it, I'd say 90 plus percent is right on. It's good, solid Bible. Uh, but it's that it's that little bit on the edge that is just filled with poison that ruins the whole thing. Um Oh, uh, okay. as Kay talked about, you know, this is this is God's covenant forever and you know everlasting covenant to the nation, to the people of of Israel forever and ever. Uh, I'd like to expose that word a little bit in this little um, 
uh, broadcast we're doing tonight, that word forever is a Hebrew word called olam, O-L-A-M, olam. And uh, it has the idea of going out to the horizon as far as you can see. It doesn't have the idea of infinity and beyond uh, as, as really as, as more of a Greek thought that has been brought in to, to Christianity into an interpretation of scripture. The Hebrew didn't have that idea. It was too as far out as you can see. So uh, one verse, um, let's see here, uh, Genesis 17, 8, 9. And I will give to you and to your offspring after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession. And I will be their God. And God said to Abraham, as for you, you shall keep my covenant you and your offspring after you throughout their generations. So again, the, the, the keeping of the covenant is a part of that. But the part I wanted to focus on right there for an everlasting possession. Well, that everlasting again is the word olam. And a, a verse I love to use in this reference is out of Jonah. It's Jonah 2 verses 5 and 6, where Jonah is in the, is in the belly of the fish. And he's crying out and just things are just crazy. And in Jonah is saying, uh, the waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head at the root of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed up upon me forever. Yet you brought me up. You brought my life up from the pit. Oh, Lord, my God. So Jonah was in the belly of the, the fish. Forever. Well, not forever, but for a long time. And that's the concept that we're looking at here with the word alum for a very long time. Just like when we we say colloquially, you know, I got stuck in traffic uh, forever to, you know, to get here tonight. That's that's the kind of forever that the scripture is talking about. It's a long time. And the long time was predicated on keeping that covenant forever and ever. You keep keeping the covenant. It goes on. It goes on forever. So um, we, we want to switch over to the part about this, the, the covenant and to your seed. And if, if a Christian reads Galatians chapter 3 and the way Paul, Paul wrote it, you get the idea of what the fulfillment of that blessing is. Uh, Galatians chapter 3, verse 16. Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring, it does not say, and to offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one and your offspring, who is Christ. So the fulfillment of the covenant was through Jesus, and that is God's giving his life and for, the, for the sins of mankind. But anyway, uh, setting all that aside, I'd like to take the whole idea of religion out of the, uh, the Zionist question. And just for a moment, just take away Judaism, take away Christianity, take away Christian Zionism, take away all that, all those trappings, and just, just ask, ask yourself this one question. Do, do you think, do you really think that it's a good idea for one group of people to go into another's country, displace the inhabitants, steal their land, destroy their crops, murder their innocents? Absolutely not. It's what we did to the American Indians. And I don't think anybody in the right mind can say what we did to the American Indians was a good thing. You know, it happened with the indigenous people in Australia. It's happened all over all over this planet. Just because it's happened 
doesn't mean it's right and it's a good thing. So all these heinous acts, how all of a sudden do they become acceptable when they're clothed with the rhetoric that somehow ties these acts and tries to justify them by people who are supposedly representing the Prince of Peace? Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Blessed are the peacemakers. That's what Jesus taught. So for anyone to say they're a Christian and on one hand and agree with all these uh, heinous acts done by the the uh, the early Zionists. I mean, you can, you can you know, we, we've got so much material on WeHoldTheseTruths.org. Uh, Look up. We've got, you know, talk about the Stern Gang and the Lehi and just all the, the terrorist groups that created the nation of Israel. So it's to to see that and say, well, that was a good idea. You know, it, it's a cognitive dissonance. I want to read a little piece of uh, uh, Chuck's article that that he's he's going to be posted with this. And I, I thought this was very, very good, Chuck. You say Precept Ministries was one of the first church organizations to accept Israel's occupation as moral and legally uh, and legal publicly. Students of Arthur's annual tours, which we which we saw in that little video clip, and her Bible studies are brainwashed to believe that the end justifies the means concerning the nation of Israel usurping Palestinian land, even if bloodshed is required to do so. Christians have been coerced into believing that this type of violence is acceptable because of so-called Bible teachers like K. Arthur. And that that is so true. I want to thank you, Chuck, for for taking this bold bold position to ex explain this. And we'll we'll get uh, more of the more of the teachings and and what the what the scripture says uh, about this later on. But uh, that's that's it for tonight, guys. Thanks. Well, thank you so much, uh, Craig and Chuck, for this analysis. And ladies and gentlemen, be sure to visit our website whtt.org. And like us on Facebook or uh, join in our list uh, on, uh, on YouTube. And we're also on Vimeo. Thanks for tuning in.